everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of Crime Stoppers See It, Say It, Stop It, a podcast that brings you informed discussion about unsolved crimes, wanted persons, awareness campaigns, and how citizens can remain anonymous to keep their community safer. I'm your host, Sean Sporton, and on today's episode, we have Detective Sergeant David Correa joining us from the Toronto Police Sex Crimes Human Trafficking Enforcement Team to discuss what he and the team are doing to combat the issue of human trafficking, as well as sharing some prevention tips to not fall victim. So with that, let's jump right into the interview. David, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Sean. So what, uh, you know, before we get into telling our listeners exactly what you and the team are doing, uh, you know, to keep the community safe and, and keep, you know, these, these folks out of the world of human trafficking, what is the definition of human trafficking so that people understand? Well, there's a lot of definitions that are floating out there. Yeah. And, you know, what usually guides me in terms of uh, what to explain to the public what what human trafficking is Mm -hmm. i'm guided predominantly by the criminal code of canada and the criminal code of canada is very clear it says you know every person who recruits transports transfers receives holds conceals or harbors a person or exercises control um, direction or influence over the movements of a person for the purposes of exploiting them Um, is guilty of an offense and that's quite a lot to digest and for the most part um, the way the criminal code describes exploitation it's usually when there's threats of force or other forms of coercion Mm -hmm. if there's deception if there's an abuse of trust you know persons of authority now what i try to do to make things simpler for for some of the listeners is to consider um, certain elements that need to be present from a criminal perspective, right? right? And, you know, number one is the sale of sex, mm-hmm. uh, part of the equation. Right, right. So our sexual services being rendered. Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing that is is one of the biggest questions that I'm looking to find out. Right. Uh, number two, of those sexual services that are being sold, who is getting the money, mm-hmm. right? So if the person is completely independent and is free from exploitation and everything that they put on the market for sale they keep for themselves, Mm -hmm. then that isn't an exploited person in in, in my mind. At least that wouldn't be, I would be leaning towards them not being exploited. So getting back to the original point. Now, if they're selling sexual services and the money is going to another person Mm -hmm. who's providing the services. So somebody lurking behind the scenes, some manager, Mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote manager, uh, or some other boyfriend or lover, love interest, whatever the case may be. Those would be things that would cause me to have some concerns that there's potential risk of exploitation. So, I mean, it's, it's fair to say that it's happening in our own backyard because you and your team wouldn't be here, right? So what do you and the team do in your roles within the Toronto Police Service Human Trafficking Enforcement to find these, these victims, but also the, we'll call them the predators, the people that are, are using the human, if you will, for human trafficking? So I'm very proud of my team. Like I'm very oh, lucky. Sure. I'm very lucky to have such a you know, dedicated group who, who really pour their souls and, and their heart into their investigations, yeah. and they're very demanding. Mm-hmm. So for us, you know, currently we have 15 investigators that are completely dedicated to dealing with human trafficking investigations, right. the trafficking of persons. So they're they're mandated to. Uh, be advised of trafficking, uh, human trafficking investigations that are occurring in the field. Um, they're also responsible at overseeing or being assist investigators in the field of the sale of sex of underage persons. So when, when officers in the field encounter people under the age of 18 selling sexual services, 
then our office needs to be notified so we could give some advice and counsel and make sure that certain things aren't happening unbeknownst to the responding officers that they should be mindful of. So, so that predominantly is our mandate is to every human trafficking investigation in Toronto um, needs to be filtered through our office. There are a, a handful or a few cases that do stay in the field, but usually our team will still have a significant impact in terms of quality control and things of that nature. So where is all this happening? So it's happening everywhere, really. Yeah. Like, you know, the hotel, motel industry is obviously where things are, are happening. Yeah. Um, when I first started, it, it wouldn't be uncommon for the sale of sex to happen at the street corner mm -hmm. where, you know, the soliciting would take place there and, you know, drivers would drive up to the sex trade worker on the street yeah. and, and negotiate a sale. We're seeing with technology and, you know, advancement in time that things are now online. So right. you're finding advertisements for sale of sex on various platforms. Mm -hmm. You're seeing it sold on the internet. Uh, you're still on social media platforms, things of that nature. So everything's kind of hidden in that sense. So when we talk social media, is there luring happening there with, you know, those young, vulnerable society there to, to get them into this? Is that happening there on social media? A hundred percent. It's a great topic given, yeah. you know, today's times, right? right? So one of my biggest concerns as a human trafficking investigator is with COVID, mm -hmm. right? So with COVID, there's a significant increase of our young people, a young population who aren't going to school. And my, my child's one of them. Yeah. My, my, she's at home, uh, predominantly behind uh, a computer screen, mm -hmm. doing her education. Right. And sometimes that bleeds out into your personal time, whether right. you're communicating with your friends online or whatever the case may be. So I think one of the big takeaways out of this podcast should be online prevention or risk right. prevention. Right. So as opposed to casting a blind eye to your child, you know, with their Beats by Dre headphones on and on the computer, yeah. being more mindful of who she's communicating with. And I say right. she in a gender-free way, really. Yeah. It could be yeah. anybody. Right. But when your child is on online with unknown persons on different platforms, um, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and many other ones, mm -hmm. that Snapchat, it's not uncommon for people to befriend each other completely unbeknownst to each other. Right, right. Yeah. So, so that's a big takeaway. Yeah, and I think as a parent, it, it's critical to, like when I grew up, my mom and dad knew my friends simply yeah. because they came to the house through sports or whatever. And now with the online world, you never really know who your child is friends with. So from that aspect, what would you say to parents to say, uh, you know, in and around, know your kids' friends who are online because who knows how they met? That they met just, you know, simply... Hey, I want to be your Facebook friend, but I don't even know you. But you look kind of cute or you look kind of cool, so I'm going to accept you. So what would you say around that? Well, communication is key, mm -hmm. right? And I think if there's an open dialogue between a parent and their child right. in terms of some of the things that they're going to learn and, and, and experience mm -hmm. in the online world, I think that is crucial because if, if your child is going to say to you, Somebody, somebody just tried to befriend me and I don't know a thing about them. Right. You know, as adults, we could guide them as yeah. to what would be the best practices to engage that person, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And as a parent, I think it's important to teach your kids to ask probing questions yeah. about the other person who you don't know on the other side. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and you need, and in strategic ways, you would want to see, okay, well, what's their image look like? What, what kind of presence do they have elsewhere that can corroborate their identity? Yeah. And, you know, in a safe environment, 
do you do you initiate, let's say, a, a video chat where if I'm propose if I'm an adult pretending to be a 12 year old girl, yeah. then let's let's start this video chat and yeah. let's see the 12 year old girl yeah. communicate back and forth right. now. And if that doesn't happen, then that would be a flag that I would have to register and yeah. and, and adjust future correspondence. Right. So yeah. so those would be things that as parents, but it all starts with the communication. Like if you just leave your kid locked up in a bedroom mm -hmm. to their own devices for long periods of time without engaging them in conversation and sharing the perils of being there by yourself, then that's dangerous. Yeah, they're just gonna explore, right? 100%. Think about it, they're gonna, I remember when I was a kid, you'd, you'd go out and don't come back till dinner time and you're playing sports, then you're kind of, you know, oh, there's a train track and you, walk down the train tracks and you go you know you find things to do and then you come home now it's all online so it is kind of dangerous because you never know i mean back in the day it'd be like open up a book and there's an encyclopedia and you're like well that's kind of boring now you go on google and you're like hey this is all kind of cool stuff right? it's wide open get into. and then the vulnerabilities and i think it's important to kind of factor in so my biggest fear is now we have these 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 young population yeah. And there isn't a whole lot of structure. And, and in fairness to the schools, it's hard to keep track of who's in class, who's not in class, who should be in class, who's online, who's not. So absenteeism would be a difficult thing to really track in mm -hmm. terms of how it may relate to risk. Mm -hmm. And and then coupled with some of our vulnerable young populations mm -hmm. who were already vulnerable before the COVID, now they have the COVID situation, which makes them even more vulnerable. Right and susceptible to at risk for these predators, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really concerning. So the average citizen walking down the street, driving in your car, um, going to the cottage, you're on that 400 for hours. What could be some signs that you could identify and say, hey, that's kind of suspicious, you know, at a truck stop and you see someone getting in a car and, you know, the girl's not allowed to talk or the, the, the boy's not allowed to talk and all. What could be some signs where, <clears throat> excuse me, as a the average citizen could identify and say that seems kind of strange? It's going to be really hard for the average citizen to really pick off uh, um, a human trafficking scenario without having any context right. of, of, of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Now, there are, like I think for certain professions or certain, like if I, if I was speaking with the hotel industry or the, uh, the uh, hospitality groups, I would tell them that there's specific things that they should look for right. while you know cleaning the rooms, you know towel requests and and so forth. But for just the average person walking down the street, it's it's a little tricky to be able to say that looks like human trafficking. Right. Now, having said that, I'm always mindful. I'm always concerned about age significant age discrepancies, right? right? So like if I've got very young girls with older males. Um, that would be a flag for me. I think the flag would be is th the venue where I see that. So if I if it's a late night at a you know at a hotel area, that would be a flag for me. So it, you know if I depending on what you overhear, right? Like if I'm having dinner and the, the neighboring table is talking about the sale of sex or talking about booking hotel rooms or and some of those old other factors, then then that would be a flag for me. Um, if I was working in the retail industry and young girls are buying large arrays of lubricants and undergarments that are provocative or designed to right. 
entice purchases of sale of sex or things of that nature those would be flags so it's kind of like you're not going to be able to say oh that girl's wearing this x y and z right. clothes yeah. and that but i will share with i will share with the public that there are some some victims of human trafficking that that have branding elements right so if they happen to see a tattoo with like a male's tat, uh, like a, a male's name on it or a nickname on it or whatever now that could be something completely innocent right. but we do have branding elements within the human trafficking world where mm. the trafficker would expect his girl mm. to have his nickname right. tattooed on her body so those would be things that you know might take a little bit more of a keen eye to, to pick off off but yeah. you, you need a multiple of things oh for sure yeah there's there's a bunch of different things that would come into play if you thought that you saw something suspicious or you know somebody who's a victim or you heard through the great find your right party how could they get in touch with you guys i mean 911 clearly if someone's in, in immediate harm but how would they be able to get in touch with maybe you specifically you and your team well this is the platform, right? Crime yeah. Stoppers is, is, is one of our key partners mm -hmm. in receiving anonymous information relating to crimes of human trafficking. Mm -hmm. there's, there's no doubt about it. So um, obviously if we're looking at, so if, if a witness or a member of the public sees something unfold in front of them that needs immediate emergent uh, response, then I implore them to call 911 right. and say, hey, you know what, I see an assault taking place you know, at the gas, at the gas station yeah. and, you know, please respond. I think that's, that's important. I think we have to do our civic duty and make sure, sure. that people are safe. Sure. Um, but let's say you're not sure. Mm -hmm. And let's say you, you have one of the two flags and you don't want to necessarily make that 911 call. Yeah. You could call Crime Stoppers right. and, uh, you know, you guys filter the information, you catalog it and you send it to us right. and there's no harm in it. And what we do is what we do is with that information is we'll cross-reference it yeah. with other databases, other data sets of information trying to do the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, there might be a police report where there was a vehicle stop, a speeding ticket. Let's say a traffic officer stops a car yeah. and they notice something a little unusual about that stop. Right. They might send us a, an email or they might send us an information bulletin that says, this is what I encountered. It doesn't hit all the points of human trafficking, I thought you'd be aware of it. Right. Coupled with that Crime Stoppers tip, yeah. maybe it's something a little bit more. For sure. Yeah, you, you know, we've talked a couple of times uh, on human trafficking to some of our partner friends, just kind of what we're doing with, with human trafficking, creating the awareness. And the question, uh, I did a, a presentation at one of the major uh, fuel companies. And they said, well, what if we're unsure? I don't want to get anybody in trouble. And I, I said exactly what you said is, just because you call and say, this is what I saw, here's a plate number or whatever, the police aren't going to go and make an arrest. Now, they may get pulled over down the road and they'll do a safety check, if you will, and under the disguise of a traffic stop and, and let the officer determine whether it was, yeah, there's something strange here or, yeah, there's nothing here. Um, don't be scared. You know, and it, kind of how I explained it was, would you want to not say something and then risk not saving somebody. And then they're like, yeah, you're right. And that's the biggest thing that we want to try to get out to the general public is when you see something, say something, right? If human trafficking, whatever it is, guns, this, that, or the other, everybody has a duty. Community safety is a shared responsibility. And that's the message that we're trying to get across. And then that's what I want this to be for you guys when it comes to human trafficking, I think is one of the most horrible crimes that you can dive into.
and you know the investigators and yourself that are working these things I don't think the general public fully understand to give you guys the credit of what you see and do every day so um, from a crime stoppers perspective from a community perspective I thank you and I thank your team for what you guys do well you've you've been a a huge uh, supporter of, of our office and you know w without saying but I will say you know thank you because you know you like we've really seen the impacts that Crime Stoppers has had in investigations in general. And, you know, to all those who are listening, mm -hmm. like being the tip of the sword here, like we want those tips coming in. So right. there's no bother whatsoever from our section yeah. to receive those tips. And for those of you, for those of, of people who are worried about it, like I rather get a tip and we vet them. And sometimes yeah. we vet them and it's like, you know what, there isn't much right. that we don't have any other connection connective tissue to this yeah, yeah. so um, there's not much we're going to do with this yeah and we've had those yeah 100 but sometimes two months later something else comes up and then it's like whoa okay maybe there's yeah. a little bit more yeah. and then you do something with it so i'd rather have it than not have it absolutely and that's the message that we want to get across yeah so if anybody has any questions they could either send us an email. So we have a centralized uh, email. So it's a human trafficking, one word, at torontopolice.on.ca. So they can reach out to us through the email. Or if they have any concerns, they could call us at 416-808-HTET. So that stands for the Human Trafficking Enforcement Team. We work Monday to Friday from different hours. But if they call the number and leave a message, then we could help them and assist them as we can. Perfect. David, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. No problem, Sean. Thank you very much. As we conclude, I'd like to remind everyone that community safety is a shared responsibility. See it, say it, stop it. Remember, you remain anonymous. Criminals don't. For more information, please visit us at 222tips.com and follow us on social media. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay connected and join the conversation. Please share our podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or show ideas, please email us at crimestopperspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be safe. I'm when you need a friend. Oh.